Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So the Supreme Court, a 5-4 decision, rules that, amazingly, the president isn't allowed to rescind DACA, but they don't actually discuss it in terms of DACA, deferred action on childhood arrivals. They're making the claim that the Trump administration simply was not following the proper rules or procedures. We do not decide whether DACA or its rescission are sound policies. This, according to Chief Justice John Roberts, supposedly one of the conservatives who voted with the four liberals. We address only whether the agency complied with the procedural requirements that it provide a reasoned explanation for its action. Here, the agency failed to consider the conspicuous issue of whether to retain forbearance and what, if anything, to do about the hardship to DACA recipients. There's a question as to whether or not the court here in this situation was discussing the actual law at hand or the executive order at hand from President Obama, or they were discussing whether or not to be nice. As Justice Thomas mentioned in his dissent, today's decision must be recognized for what it is, an effort to avoid a politically controversial but legally correct decision. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. The former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, joins us right now. His latest book, Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. I I do want to get into it with you. You're calling in uh, from Rome. It's always good to have you with us, sir. But this is all happening. And the question I have for you, not to put you on the spot, but what is your thought on the decision of the Supreme Court, this 5-4 decision on DACA? Well, this is another John Roberts too clever by half political decision. It has nothing to do with the law. Uh, I, I just think uh, I remember when Roberts ruled that um, he found a way to, to not declare Obamacare unconstitutional by such uh, maneuvering and what have you. And I just find Roberts to be disappointingly political uh, and, and not at all the kind of judge that uh, Trump has been, been appointing. I, I, don't, I don't see anything principle in what he did here. I think mean, it's a very strange decision. You know, you mentioned the idea of political. John Roberts talks about how his his entire raison d'etre is the idea of keeping the court from being seen as political. Yet it does seem that maneuvers like this, which actually don't have anything to do with DACA itself, are very political. In your guesstimation, does the Trump administration via William Barr, the attorney general, go back and say, we're rescinding DACA after all? It's not a law. It's just an executive order. Well, they could. I mean, I, I look, I think the country at large is actually very sympathetic to the dreamers. Uh, they're the one group of, of immigrants, people who came here when they were very, very young, many of whom no longer speak the language of their, you know, their original home country. And so I think the dreamers is probably, you know, my advice to Trump would not be to go and pick this fight at the present time. I've always thought there should be some way to, to find an accommodation for the dreamers, just because as a, as a group, I think they're the most desirable uh, you have a lot of them who went to school, worked hard. Uh, some of them graduated as valedictorians. 
And, and uh, so there's a humanitarian part of this. But they, you know, in a sense, what they do is Robert sort of sets them up to say, you know, if you want to go back through and uh, follow the correct procedures, you have the power to, to abolish it, but you have to abolish it by uh, being bureaucratic. Uh, that's the essence of, of that decision. And it makes you wonder what, what, what did he think he was accomplishing? He certainly didn't get to court out of politics with this decision. If anything, he, I think he moved uh, the country into greater disrepute for the courts because there's, there's no, you know, this, this is the kind of nitpicking, tiny uh, argument that's unworthy of a Supreme Court. Talking to Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, his latest book, Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. And as I was going through some excerpts and I was, I was checking things out, it dawned on me that it, it could be possible that in a post-coronavirus world, maybe there's a different view of the American future. As you see it, and you take a look at the great problems of our time, did coronavirus or America's reaction to coronavirus change your thesis at all? Well, I think, I think it's a combination of everything. It's the coronavirus, uh, which, you know, in a less politically correct world would be called a Chinese virus, because that's what it is, or the Wuhan virus. Uh, there is uh, the government-induced depression, uh, which is the first time I can remember a government all around the world deliberately causing a depression. Um, there is the arbitrary nature of telling people when they can and can't go out, uh, and the dramatic infringement on, on freedom of religion and freedom of, of assembly. Uh, and then coming after all of that, uh, there was the country's extraordinarily strong response uh, to um, the killing of George Floyd and, and the, the whole... Uh, process, you know, uh, with uh, Antifa and the violent people on one front, uh, the news media, you know, totally more left-wing than it has ever been in my lifetime, which you could see in the New York Times reporters forced the management to fire the editor uh, who made the huge mistake of actually running a conservative uh, column by a U.S. senator, uh, and therefore had to be fired. So you, you have all these things swirling simultaneously. And I think that makes the part of the reason I wrote um, Trump and the American Futures, I think that makes the election this year maybe the most significant choice since Abraham Lincoln in eighteen sixty. Because if you end up with a Biden Schumer Pelosi machine in charge of this country, and I did a newsletter on this at Cambridge three sixty last week said imagine the first year we won't be the same country at the end of that year. So I, I want to follow up just a little bit. When we talk about not being the same country, that is often seen as this very large speak. It's the idea of, of Barack Obama saying, we're five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States. Well, we got through eight years of Barack Obama and people feel, well, we're still the United States. So to a level of some specificity, what do you think changes if you have a Biden-Pelosi-Schumer world? Well, first of all, I think you have to remember that within two years of Obama being elected, the Republicans took the House in a huge majority and were able to block virtually everything he wanted to do. Uh, so you have, no, you have no idea. And, and secondly, I think that Pelosi and Schumer learned a lot from that. And I think the first thing they'll do is they'll change the election law 
to make us all resemble California so that it will be virtually impossible to have an honest election uh, because they're not convinced that they can win honest elections. I think they will uh, raise taxes massively. They will repeal most of the Trump executive orders almost overnight. Um, they will move us back to being a much more radical country. Now, Pelosi just did a bill, and I did a series of podcasts on the Pelosi $3 trillion bill. And in that bill, for example, they pay $1,200 to every illegal immigrant as, as a, to help them along in life. Uh, they make it legal for every illegal immigrant to get a job right now, even though you have 22 million Americans out of work. Um, they, they have a prison prisoner release program in the bill written so badly that we were able to identify six uh, uh, serial murderers who would be released with the Pelosi bill. So I think if you go down a list of things, these folks are far more radical than Obama was. Uh, you know, Obama was more liberal than, than Bill Clinton. Uh, these folks are ten times more, more they're radicals, they're not, they're not liberals. I know that you're under the time crunch, sir, and I appreciate you taking the time with us from Rome. Trump and the American future, solving the great problems of our time. You can get it at Amazon.com or wherever fine uh, books are sold. And the website for you, sir, is is it just NewGingrich.com? Yeah, yeah, or, or Gingrich360. Or Gingrich360. It, it has all of our, that is all of our stuff. Oh, I usually just go to SuperNewt.net. That's usually where I go. Uh, and I get all my new stuff right there. Sir, always a pleasure. Uh, next time we have more time, we'll sit, we'll talk. I'm looking forward to it. New Kingridge, former Speaker of the House. Always a pleasure. Stay safe, stay well. I'm Tony Katz.